Uh, welcome to the Time for Two Guys show. We're your hosts, Dean and Holgate. Today, on today's episode, we are continuing Dean Month, and we have an absolute beautician of a man coming onto the episode. Uh, common accomplishments at Camp Manitou for Boys. He was the Color War Achievement winner on Corey Levy's 2017 Maroon team. And most recently, he was the dean of the 2021 Wyoming Cowboys. Give me from Newton, Massachusetts, Jared Parent. Thank you for the warm welcome. I'm very, very excited to be on here. I love talking camp, especially when camp is not in session. Of course, of course. So first thing I always do, what have you been up to since camp? Like, what have you been doing the last couple of months? So I recently, uh, I moved from Newton, Massachusetts to Palm Beach, Florida. And I've been soaking up the sun here in Florida. Um, Recently moved down here, just been getting my footing in. And uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be doing Manitou, Hawaii again. That'll be oh, fun. That'll be fun. Very exciting. Before I finally start school uh, in January for my first semester. Where will that be at? The prestigious Palm Beach State College. Go Panthers! Hell, that's Congratulations. awesome. Congratulations! Very exciting yeah. stuff. Uh, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. Right on. Right on. So, like, what have you been doing in the meantime? Just like kind of chilling, doing work, stuff like that. Yeah. So I got down here and. My first, I'm staying currently at my grandparents' uh, condominium in in Palm Beach. Condo who? Condominium. You've never heard of condominium? It's a long long version of condo. Ah, gotcha. (laughs) But uh, I was kind of looking around for for a place to to stay um, after Manitou, Hawaii, because I was kind of just going to get down here, check out the, the situation. Florida, it's a beautiful state. It's a lot different from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I've just been kind of getting my feet in, uh, applying to school, getting that done, doing doing all of that, and kind of getting ready for you know real life to start up again. Crazy. I've been taking a, a break from kind of what everyone else our age has been doing for a bit, so getting back into it now. Yeah, that that normal track's overrated anyways. Like, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I think a lot of, like, what Manitou does is it kind of gears you to immediately going to that four years of college. But, like, it's not the end of the world if you don't go immediately. And, obviously, you're doing – you're very successful at the moment. So, like, kudos yeah. to you. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that, too, was uh, taking a gap year and, and then hanging out with the kind of non, non-ex-campers at camp and, and being with the other side and – seeing oh yeah there's you know there's different ways to do things so obviously like um nobody nobody's path is the wrong path yeah. is, is the best way i could i could say it yes yeah, so i guess let's start getting into that obviously everybody knows you have history where you've done mando why you do a lot of off-season stuff you've done a lot a lot of maintaining the uh campgrounds during when you get up to the camp like when did that all start like how'd you get into the process of it what well, take us to the beginning of it yeah, so it all started the first time I ever did work like that was the fall of 2019. So nice. after uh, a very yeah, successful time with the Clums and Tigers, I was just yeah. going to say that. Amazing yes. Team. Uh, shout out Andy Kaplan. Shout out Brandon Urbowski, everyone on Clemson. Shout out Steen. Yeah. Um, that incredible coaching staff. Incredible coaching staff. Incredible team. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I had gone through my senior year of high school planning on taking a gap year, and so I hadn't yet applied uh, to any school. So as I don't know if people know 
if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that my dad works at camp. And Wait, he uh, does? Yeah. No way. Wait, who's your dad? Uh, the famous Scott Perrin. Oh, that's that he's your dad? No way. That's <laughs> crazy. In the dining hall, that was him, most likely. Uh, he's good friends with Pete Hansen, who runs operations. And uh, I decided that the first part of my gap year would be spent up in, in Maine working with Pete. And then from there, that turned into Manitou, Hawaii, and turned into me doing that the next summer because COVID hit. And then it was like, oh, what am I going to do? Guess I'll just go rake leaves at Manitou. <laughs> I mean, it all really stems from a place of as much time as I can spend at camp as, as, as yeah, not the best talker, but no, I like to spend time at camp. And uh, that's what that work is for me. It's just more time at camp. Absolutely, absolutely. For the listeners who don't really know what Manitou, Hawaii actually is, can you give like a quick synopsis on it before we get into like the nitty gritty of camp? I would absolutely love to talk about man. Do my little Manitou, Hawaii plug. Absolutely. Uh, this is actually when I go in a couple of weeks. It'll be my fifth time out in Hawaii for Manitou. Wow. Um, it is a day camp that runs out of uh, the Four Seasons on the Big Island of Hawaii. So pretty much we all live together. It's four counselors, two boys and two girls, and the director, Pete. And then you kind of all live together in a house. And every morning you drive to the Four Seasons, you pick up the kids, you take them out of the Four Seasons to a different beach or a hike or a museum or some sort of sightseeing outside of the resort they're staying in. And then at 3.30, you bring them back and you go home. Wow. Uh, what I would call the greatest job on earth. Honestly, the most fun I've ever had before being a dean. So do you want to just get into why I'm already like? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. answering any more questions. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll get like absolutely right into it. So dean year, very successful time on the Wyoming Cowboys, if I can say so, I think. Obviously, I have the right to being on your team. Um, so talk about like the beginning of that dean process. Like, what, what was like pre camp like for you? How, how did well not pre camp like orientation? What, what was that process of being a dean? It's honestly like everyone kind of looks at it like, oh, uh, it's such like you're gonna, you're gonna be so pumped, you're gonna be so excited. Like I was so nervous. Mm. I was like, oh, like I hope I hope people like my team. I hope I hope people aren't like questioning why I picked Wyoming. You know, I hope. <laughs> this first year staff member that I've never talked to is like cool that I drafted uh, fun fact. I actually, I don't think I spoke to Tyler Thompson before picking him in the draft and then met him afterwards and everyone knows where that went. So yeah, um, yeah I was pretty much, I was really nervous and um, that nervousness didn't really ever go away. It just, you just kind of got to harness it and then turn it into positive energy. But, but during orientation, yeah, I would say that um, it was a lot of like on my toes, like, oh, I hope, I hope this goes well. Cause right. I've been looking forward to this for so long. And yeah. all I can hope is, is that, you know, people respond positively to what I'm doing. Yeah, I think you obviously did a great job. I remember during staff orientation, every staff was pretty into it, but I think our crew, something about it, like we clicked very well. I don't know if that was a testament to like the camper, the relationship between the camper counselors and the non-camper counselors. Um, obviously, we tried to have a culture where we tried to blur those lines. So, um, 
yeah I, mean, I think you guys did a, i think you guys did a great job of that like, i think you guys did a great job of that especially you already look from just the first thing that we did in college league as a team the break with all the kids there like you were definitely the team that incorporated the most non-former campers you were a team that got people bought in right away like you kind of show just from that that you weren't going to place an empty like it would have been really easy, Jeremy. It would have been really easy for you to go in and say, "I have Manon, Holgate, and Jeff with me. Like these are my guys. They're my team. Like sorry, but you didn't do that." And I think that the emphasis you placed on these non-former campers, I kind of just think, led to this incredible positive culture in Wyoming. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, like that, was a large intention of mine ever since going and because I was always wanting to be a dean. And I remember, especially after the year that I was on Clemson, it was starting to get more real that it was you know it's coming up and i spent a lot of that post-camp time talking to non uh former camper counselors about their experiences with college league and how sometimes they they really want to get involved but they're not as as let in as sometimes ex-campers are and so it was always a goal of mine since since those interactions to to try to blur the lines like holgate said and just have you know counselors not ex-campers and non-former campers like just the counselors on our team and i think we did do a good job of that and i think it, it definitely did show and the thing with the break is um i i have to i have to give a shout out to, to sam lazar and david dumar because i put a bunch of people in the break uh and i didn't put them in and they responded very well to that they definitely could have could have told me you know like got gotten really upset and they really showed their their character when I made a mistake. And that that's like the first moment that I really, really liked with the Wyoming Cowboys was they bounced back hard from that and were incredible coaches. And yeah, I I, I just wanted to, we we're talking about the break. I got to slip in something positive about Lazar and Dumar. Absolutely. Lazar and Dumar became an absolute force on the hockey rink. I remember there was like at one point where I think first session they went like something like eight and two, seven and seven three something like that where they had many more wins than losses on the rank they went against zach and i who zach and i combined like zach and i combined in college league coaching hockey lost two games those two games were the two games to lazar and dumar and those two games we lost by a combined score of like nine to two or ten to two or something like they were amazing on that rank legends yeah absolute legends and great energy as well which was kind of crazy because that Wyoming staff was filled with like a lot of hockey guys. Like Jared, you were a hockey guy at a time. I was obviously a big hockey guy, probably still am. Um, Jeff was going to be a big hockey guy. And we, like them being there, like locking down the hockey rink really helped us evolve into like different roles. Like I got to coach softball for the first time, which was awesome. Um, Jeff obviously had a huge role in handball. You had a great role in football. I mean, it, those two being there like helped so much with everything else. And I, Hope it's appreciated because those two have been awesome for us. I love that we're starting this with, with some Lazar and Dumar and hype talk. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those. Yeah. If they're listening, I hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. Well, I'll tell Lazar you say I'm seeing him tonight. <laughs> oh, please do, Steve. Please do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean, let's just go into sort of the break. Like how, I mean, I've heard it's kind of an undescribable feeling, but I'm going to ask you to try. Like how that take me into your head the night of the break. Okay, so you can almost see it. I didn't really even have any emotion up until, you know, walking in front of the team, waving the flag. I was kind of just like stone cold, like 
it's an indescribable feeling. I was like, okay, I'm only going to do this once. Like really, really the only thing I was thinking about was, okay, like I got to make sure that I hit this fist bump on the beat drop. Like it's, I, I just watched, I watched Danny dance like a legend. I watched Hank do his whole money heist thing. Stern jumped off the roof. Like I got to come out with something. Got to come out with something. I walk out of the door and I can't hear the music at all, at all. <laughs> And so at that point, I was like, I'm just going to scream. I'm just going to yell, let's go, and, and run in. And I, after listening, uh, seeing the video of it, I was not even close to the, to the beat drop. That's good, though. That's good. Something like the beat drop happened, like, two groups before you went out. Like, oh, yeah, not even close. <laughs> like, what was it? We had, we had the JCs. We had, like, the former campers. We had me and Manon, and then we had you and Jeff. It was something like that? Am I, I don't know if I remember yeah, yeah. that. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it was the, the, the big group of five, the Tyler Thompson, Toby Fishman, Tyler Sutton, Zach Friedland, Zach Friedland. And I'm forgetting one. And I'm so sorry to whoever I'm forgetting. This one. There's gotta be one more. Was it, did, oh, you say, did you say Tim? Tim Lass. Yeah. Tim, Tim, Tim Lass. With the Josh Allen Jersey legend. Yeah. And the jorts. Oh, so electric. And the boots too. And the, the pit Viper glasses. Dude, he had more stuff for the cowboy entrance than I did. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's when the beat dropped, though. I totally remember that. Yeah. I, I fully remember just, like, we all did, like, our routine. Like, me and Manon did, like, our hit me high below thing. And we were just like, all right, screw it. Get into the mosh pit. Let's go. Yeah, I still have the – I love the video when you see, like, you and Manon came out. And and immediately I was like, Jeff, go. And he's like, they just started. I was like, no, go. We're, we're behind. We're way behind. And like we'd like push you guys forward like go 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 yeah it's it's a blur it's a blur um i was i was initially a little concerned because i really wanted to do it in the rec hall but you know zach stern can't jump off of any roofs in the rec hall so i i, I think yeah. and, and and hank can't come from so far away and do that whole little walk he did with the camera behind him. He walked from, like, old Tobucks, didn't he? Hot, like, hot, hot take. I like outside breaks. Hot take, I like outside breaks. I honestly agree. I think there's way more you can do. And, yeah. and I think, like, as if, if the break keeps being outside, people are going to start thinking of more and more. Yeah. Like, I'm around, like there's something is, there is something magical about being in that rack hall. But we've seen the last two years. There's not one entrance that's been done the last two years that could be done nearly as well in the rack hall. Like, I think honestly, just like something that you know, it was kind of what me and Danny both did coming out of of uh, Todd's house and then and jumping off that little balcony. That's pretty electric. Jumping off the little balcony. Huge fan of that. That's there's no little balcony in the rec hall anymore. There used to be that stage, and now now there's not there anymore. Uh, Shout out to Todd Nectum for letting almost all of the uh, coaches of the teams just like live in their house for had, like nine yeah. dudes in there. Uh, in- interesting story on that one. So I go up to Lynn Nectum before the break, and like, if I jump off that, do you think you can support my weight? She's just like, I'm not sure. I'd probably walk down. <laughs> oh. No, that's so uh. No, I mean, she didn't like someone. She didn't say that to me. She was just kind of like, didn't really want to answer. And then I forgot who else there was. Someone else was like, you should walk down. Hey, it was right, dude. I would have probably fallen flat on my face if I tried to jump off that. So I'd say it worked out pretty well. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'll leave the falling flat on your face to Kobe. Uh, although Kentucky's insurance was electric in its own right. Yeah. I was, I, Steve, I don't even know if I noticed which way you came down because I was so genuinely confused at the use of the cage door. I, I, I didn't really have any idea what was going on. It was, I, all I could see from my angle was Jared Samuel being like, ah. Yeah, I'll ah. be honest. I had no idea what was going on either. <laughs> it was just a fever dream. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Zach Stern's jumping off the roof, and I was like, oh, let's go, boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, man, these outside breaks are definitely memorable. At least this one being my first time. It was it was definitely a shock, but I think it works. I mean, I do think it works. It also helps because camp is, like, massive now. I don't know if we fit in the rec hall anymore. Like, teams three four. What's up? I was just going to say, you missed the year before the first outside break where, where Navy almost committed vehicular manslaughter. With, with the Jeeps on the road. Wait, what? Like, Did you almost hit someone? <laughs> Dude, I'm just thinking back of like, we had we had that whole crowd out there and kids are running around, music's playing, and all of a sudden two Jeeps just come flying in. Gavin's driving one. I don't even remember. I think we're using JD's car. Outside break is electric. Shout out, shout out Bianchi for that one. Um, just came to mind talking about the outside break. You know, it, <laughs> But even like every other team, like from that year, like Notre Dame's could kind of work inside, but it's definitely way better outside. Ohio State, you can't really use the drone in the rec hall. And Wait, didn't, didn't Notre Dame used the smoke bombs? Yeah, that you can use in the rec hall, but no, you cannot. Washington used those in the rec hall, and everyone was coughing. Yeah. Like it was a, it was like a, a huge smoke grenade went off in, in the rec. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. You not remember that scene when there was just like kids on the road? And oh, then... I do. I was like, because you guys were what fourth? You, were you guys the fourth entrance? Fourth. Yes. I've but... never been other than fourth. Really? Outside. Well, outside. outside. Yeah, because cl- yeah, that's crazy. I have never. The only time I wasn't the fourth team to enter was uh, Miami of Ohio. After that, I was every single team that was fourth to enter. We'll go Penn State, Vandy, Villanova, FGCU. Washington, Wyoming. That's crazy. All of them were which the last team, which is like the dumbest luck ever. Um, I don't know how that keeps happening. Hopefully in the coming summers I get a break from it, but that's just how life has been. Going last is actually, that was one of the most relieving things for me is I remember picking out of the hat and I was just like, oh my God, like, please don't let me be first. Please don't let me be first. I just didn't want to be first because then you got to stand there with the team and like you're in the corner and you're like half high five and your boys and half like watching the other entrances. And so going forth is great because you finish your entrance, you do the breakdown and you go right to your meeting place. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing wrong with going forth. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. All right. So obviously break was an electric moment. Let's uh, segue back into like, the first couple weeks of college league. What, what is your memory or what is your impression on the first few weeks uh, about that time period before the play for the Wyoming Cowboys? If you can remember that far back. Yeah, I can. I can. It was just a roller coaster. It was, uh, I remember there was, after the first loop, we were in second place. and but We had like a 60-point loop there, didn't we? Yeah, Kentucky took like 64 and we took like 58 or something or 48. Yep. And I was feeling good. I was like, okay, me and Danny taking down Hank and Stern, like, let's go. And then we were in last for third. And then 
and then somewhere at the end we did the play and we were in first yeah i don't know if you remember but the wyoming cowboys were in first going into second session yeah, you guys we were, were in first by you were beating us by like 40 points going into a second we were looking great we kind of stayed middle of the pack for all the first session and then towards the end like had two good loops and it was like two damn, good loops and then the all college yeah, and just, just shout, right. shout out ethan Manton on the all college Okay, that's the last time we praise Ethan Mannon on this podcast, all right? Yeah. That's the last time we praise him. Only slander from here on out. True. Yes, he did a great job on those. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the all-college. Uh, I don't remember having any part in, you know, making the lineups or getting people in lines, but I definitely had a part in the celebration when we won. It was super <laughs> exciting stuff. Um, Do you remember it was a rainy day that day, so I'd jump up to, like, hit you but like you slide into me and we basically like completely collide and topple over each other yeah i actually remember being pretty upset that we were actually even running it because of uh i actually remember going out to the field with uh dave and waldo and uh, i don't remember the group of campers but somebody would remember and we practiced running to see if it would like work and i was I didn't think that it was like good enough, so I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know. It could be, could be dangerous. Dave was like, ah, we'll, we'll run it, we'll run it, yeah. and then we ran it, and then we won. So I was no longer in the party of being against it. Uh, yeah, it worked out well for us. I also think going into that cross country, we had just, uh, oh god, was the track meet before? The, no, track meet was after. Track, track meet was second after. session. Yeah, but I think going into that cross country, everyone thought like, oh yeah, no way, Wyoming has a chance at this. And then even during the cross country, because I think uh, Ethan's Ethan Menon's strategy of backloading it more and like having like all of his fast people in the back instead of staggering him out, it works pretty well for this reason. So what happens is you get off to a terrible start. That's what happens in the race. It is what it is. The other three teams get far ahead of you. They think, okay, yeah, we don't have to worry about them. We won't run as hard. Meanwhile, Wyoming, Maroon, both teams, they had to sprint their butts off to get back into uh, their places. So at that point, the other teams get complacent and we try to be on the top of our game. And I think that is a big strategy into why we're so successful for those. I also think we had pretty good coaching on our lines, but yeah. I think, Steen, you, you want to say something, so no, I'll let I you completely, go. No, I completely agree with that. We couldn't watch you guys the majority of the time because you were on opposite ends, but at the beginning... I looked over, it was, we were all pretty close, like everything was going exactly like I kind of wanted to go, and you guys were getting crushed, obviously, because of, of the Ethan Manning strategy. And then I just looked back and looking at our kids to make sure we're going right, and the race is going exactly how I want. I have slow waves, fast waves, slow waves, fast waves, working exactly perfect. And like my mind is like, once we get to about Gersh, if we're within striking distance, we're gonna win, right? Yeah. I can't see you guys at that point because I look, like go quick like glances over and we're killing Georgia or Kentucky, and our last kid gets the baton and I'm like, holy hell! Like after how bad I did on Ohio State, like I'm about to win this thing. Like or not I, but we're about to win this thing. Who, who was your last kid? Ginsburg, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Your fastest kid. Too. Yeah, I mean our fastest kid was I think Gersh, but we didn't. I didn't want to have. I wanted to have a CIT. I either had Ginsburg or Burns run last. I don't remember which one. Maybe, okay, yeah. maybe. But Luke. you had you had. Your last I, I had either it was either Ginsburg, uh, Burns, and Luke. I just forgot which one. Basically, I look over. Everyone gets it. Gets it. I look over and I see. I think it was Rubino was your last kid. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So I look over and I see Rubino halfway done. I'm like, what the bleep just happened? <laughs> like, 
whoa, Steen, come on, it's a PG show. I remember, I remember watching, I remember seeing us like, cause I thought we were losing. Um, it was, it was a weird, uh, it was weird because I don't remember exactly what my role was. I think I was like the guy where you like, you're like behind the kid and then they get the baton and then you go, you go like, go, 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 go. Um, so I didn't really even know where we were. I just kind of heard other people saying that we were losing. And then we won and I was like, oh, like we totally had one less. Like no way we just won. Um, and then they counted it and I don't remember. I think I saw Nash counting and I was like, oh, maybe we'll get away with it. Maybe you'll count it wrong. <laughs> but, um, nope, he counted it right and we were good and, and we won. I remember Nash double backed his count and like he had the right number the first time and we were like, oh, we got it. And then he goes back and we're like, oh, no, we have to wait again. So shout out to Nash on that one, though. His, his calf socks, they were tight enough to keep enough blood going to his brain for him to count. And, and it really helped out the Cowboys that day. Nash Oven is a great friend of the Wyoming Cowboys still to this day. Absolutely. <laughs> a huge fan of Nash Oven. Yeah. But back on back on track with the all college, um, I remember. I'm really happy that we won because I was very upset that we didn't get to do a dean race. I had been, you know, hoping and praying since I was nine years old that I would get a chance to to race against Hank Stern and Danny in front of the entire camp when we were deans, and um, I never got that opportunity. Uh, so winning the all college was, was a nice, you know. Yeah thing in, in replacement i do remember that we were going into that thinking oh we're gonna have a staff relay and that we were very confident going into it because we had we had you me had tyler thompson who's obviously a d3 college athlete um who else did you have in that you had zach friedland who's pretty quick um ethan Mannon, who was relatively quick in his own regard ethan Mannon was a varsity track captain as a high school senior oh man how did he do that does not mean you're fast does not mean you're fast. Oh, could, I know. could be could be a distance thing. Oh. I don't I don't think we had Manon in the race. I think we had Toby Fishman in it. Yes, we did. That would be smarter. Ethan is not that fast. Um, <laughs> do you know who's really fast? Matt Holgate. Matt Holgate is really Holgate, fast. And Matt Holgate raced on the so- the old soccer field, and I was like, oh, dude, it reminded me of my my days back, and like, oh, it's track meet. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll win my race as I always do. No. Did not beat Matt Holgate in a race. It, but it wasn't by, like, a lot. Like, it was pretty close. Like, I'd say, like, I don't know. Like, if you have, like, your entire forearm. Like, I was probably, like, half a forearm ahead. No, even that. Like, a hand ahead. Wait, hold on. Do you remember the staff relay during Counselor College like, that we were planning? And yes. We, and like, we, like, were deciding to, like, we wanted to do, like, a dean leg of it. Like, the four deans against each other. And right. we couldn't decide because we couldn't do a race just because we all kind of agreed Jared would just win by too much. That's true. That's why Waldo didn't want to do the other race either. Yeah. Which I get it. Like, yeah. I'm so fast. <laughs> but <laughs> on, the rever- no. on the reverse, like, if I am ever having to race in front of the entire camp against any three people, I will lose. <laughs> I thought it was like, it was like, yeah, I get this race and they get Prez night, you know, like, <laughs> but it, apparently, apparently not, you know, we, we took the Alma, we took the Alma. So yeah, obviously the all college went great. Um, that was a great segue into our play disaster, which hopefully in our regards was anything but a disaster. Um, what, what was your experience with that? Tell, tell us uh, what you thought about disaster. Um, 
I knew we were going to win the play when uh, the plays were chosen, like when I found out that we were play three. And play three came with team three. Mm-hmm. And after looking at who we had on our team and what our play was, I was like, oh, sweet. So we won the play. We got, we got Nick, we got Alex, we got Hudson, we got Jack Arvidon. Like, it's over. It's over. And I was right. I was right. The whole play week was awesome. Uh, I knew from I knew from the, the beginning that, you know, it, it was shaky at some parts, but um, the mix of I thought was really awesome is Alex Hudson and, and Nick are, are great actors, but even more so than actors, they're great leaders. Mm-hmm. So, so anytime that we had you know maybe a slip up where we were behind on something, uh, I knew that that those guys would be able to to bring us back to earth. Um, yeah, I think I think our play was so successful. Um, because of that. And we had an awesome stage crew as well. We had kids that put in crazy work, most notably uh, Alex Freeman and Rabina were awesome. And the just an you know, absolute squad of low inners that we had. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Everyone knows who they are. I don't want to, don't want to forget anybody, but you know, a lot of Steen's bunk yeah. for sure. Those kids were legends uh, in the playhouse and the theater staff too. The theater staff, the one thing I never understand is every time I have a play with the theater staff, I'm always like, oh, so they want our play to win. Like, they always, but uh, they do that for every play. And yeah. uh, can never have enough good things to say about them. It's definitely interesting to see how they're impartial across many summers because, well, at least for them, I think they know there's some plays that are stronger than others. So you'd like, like, I think a lot of people want to put the narrative that they try harder on other plays than not, but they give 100% of their their effort for every play. And it shows, I mean, this was a great play cast or a year of plays. I wasn't there for 2020, but I heard only great things. And I only see things getting better. Like the preparation they put into it, like as far as building stuff, preparing the scripts, preparing the actors, um, it's intense. I mean, even the fact that there was some like, 57 play logs is that my number right on that one uh it's somewhere in the 50s okay regardless yeah that, that just shows again how much preparation they're putting into it so uh, again kudos to the play staff i definitely think my experience with the disaster was rather stressful at times um i was battling a lot with uh splitting time between leading a hockey instructional and then getting backstage to help with the play um i wasn't there as much as i wanted to be but I mean, it worked out in the end. I did lose a day off. I'm not mad. It just happened, but it, it was still we, a great experience. We had some struggles with the... Uh, I, I, I take personal responsibility on the first day. I think I told almost our entire staff to come to the theater. And I, I, it was kind of an oversight. I forgot to, to tell them to check in with their activity heads. So we had a packed theater, and it was great. But no one was where they were supposed to be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a, a rough start for... You know, just a, a looks, a looks wise, but we got it figured out. We had so many people um, in and out. I mean, I, I just love play week in general on any team. Like it's such a, it's such a fun experience to be in there. And I know that I got so much closer with uh, the kids and especially the staff too. Um, yeah, I, I, I got so many, the, the play is where I think Wyoming really became more what we were at the end you know I think where like a lot of the a a lot of what people saw our team as or a lot of what people saw our team as at the end 
uh, really came into its own during play week, I would say. Yeah, I totally agree. see that. I mean, obviously I didn't experience it, but I kind of get the power of play week. I mean, we look back at the one we were all involved in on Villanova, and I would say, like, third place play, that play week. most underrated play in Manitoba history. But it, it won us, that play week won us college league. <laughs> you look at the friendships. That play week when I became, you know, I think that play week is when me and Matt Holgate really became friends. That yeah. is correct. That's literally, I think, where we met, basically. Yeah. Like, I would say, me, I would say me and you were, like, I, th- I th- would like to think of us as friends from before that. But I would say, like, Villanova's play week is, like, when me and you became close. Like, it's when I became close with Danny. It's when I became close with Hank. Like, I agree. <laughs> and that's that's what play week is. It's yeah. just, like, you know, people look at it. It's like, oh, you want to sit in the theater and, and, and waste away a whole week at the summer? And it's, like, so wrong. But it's the, ba- made, it's the best made, week every summer. It's the best I've week made, every summer. Yeah, I've, I've made my best friends in, in camp in, in the theater. Yeah. You know, and, and there really hasn't been a year when the theater – staff and and the theater staff are some of the best people in camp like spending time with whether it's you know steve and eric and deanna and all them or back at adam ryan or back at jackie marino like the the theater staff and and jacob bean watson too i didn't forget jacob bean watson (laughs) it's always it's always someone awesome in the playhouse so i would say if you're listening to this and and you've never been in a play do the play the play I agree. And definitely like what you're saying, like building those friendships in like one play. And if you're doing the plays for like four or five years, that stuff compounds. So, I mean, if you're a guy who wants to come back to be a counselor and eventually wants to come back to be a dean, you can build a metric crap ton of like connections, relationships through that experience. I mean, I think one of like, this is kind of a little tangent of my own, but one of my biggest fears coming back after missing 2020 was that I wasn't going to be like, nobody was going to want me. Everyone's going to think, okay, yeah, this guy took a year off. He wasn't that important. We go like that. Sure enough, the off season, Jared, you sent me a call and like I was set. So I sent you a call early. You Very you early. It started early. Yeah. It was like September. I get a text and it was funny because during that, when you gave me that text, I was going through a breakup and it was brutal. And then I got that text and it literally was like, wow, this is making my day. <laughs> That text doesn't. That text. I don't think that text gets sent if uh, if me and Holgate aren't in the theater for women behind bars. Exactly. I think is the exact point you're trying to make. I think us us on Wyoming, me me and you and you know Steen, all the years we had on Clemson and Georgetown were we were so successful together oh because of the time we spent together in the theater. The me you, you know, streak. God, you remember the me you streaks way longer than that. <laughs> Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, I know we were on the same team, yeah. but I'm saying our success on Georgetown and Clemson. You're saying we became friends during the like the or became yeah. great friends during the the Villanova years, and you know, like what I'm trying to say is, if you do the play, you will make great friends, and maybe they'll be your first coach one day. That's exactly. Shout it. out That's Ethan. Sh- shout out uh, destroying Ethan Man. <laughs> Ethan Menon's going to be just fine. <laughs> Ethan Menon knows how much my heart beats for him. You I know. know. <laughs> All right. That, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So the play happens. Second session rolls by. Um, do, do you have any uh, specific thoughts on second session? Obviously, it was a little bit of a rougher time. Um, is there anything you want to kind of describe on that? Second session uh, was super hard. Hmm. I remember going into it after second session break. Um, we were in first place. 
uh, I was really confident in our play. And we had just gotten uh, probably the best incoming camper you could get at in Nicola's Obel. Mm-hmm. And, and I was on top of the world. And then we had a loop and boom, Nicola's Obel's hurt. We did not so great in the loop. We're not in first anymore. I think we dropped to, to third after just the first loop. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, we're just saving it for later. We're gonna be, we're gonna be fine. And then, you know, the second loop happens and that happens again. And now we're in fourth. And I was like, whoa, like pump the brakes. Like, ooh. Um, yeah, and then that happened again and again and again. And, and we kind of fell out of it. But almost the further we went down in points, the more we kind of dug our heels into to who we were. And from the start, I wanted to be a no shortcuts, like we were going to do everything, you know, the right way kind of team. And we definitely had many opportunities to not be that team going down like that. And, you know, it was a lot of times when we could have taken some shortcuts or, or, you know, done some things that might not have been considered, you know, the right thing. And I thought us being in that position and, and not doing those things really, you know, made the team what it what it ended up being. That's obviously, okay. yeah, I really wanted to to win in college league for sure. And I definitely wanted to be in it on Prez night. But, you know, I, this might sound crazy, but I don't think we win the Alma if we're in it on Prez night. I agree with that. I think a lot of the, you know, emotion that we had um, came from, came from that whole day of realizing that we weren't in it you know, having to, to go through the grueling process of singing all the songs, knowing that we had no chance of winning and and seeing how much everyone still cared around us. I thought that was, you know, what led to us being so successful on Pres Night. Yeah. And that really I definitely was... think one thing. Uh, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll give a couple quick words on what I thought a little bit more of our Pres Night. Um, I think one thing about like not being in it, um, what that eliminated was the stress with it. Because I think a lot of people will mask their emotions on, like, the path to winning. And I think that can restrict a lot of, like, really special moments that can come out on Prez Night. Um, Now, I don't – I obviously love the idea of competition win-win-win. But on a night like Prez Night, when you're doing a thing like an AMA – like, I think there needs to be higher goals in mind. You can't be thinking about the scoreboard there, as cheesy as it sounds. I know they always say this, but, like, when you're in the AMA, it's, it's got to be all about the team, the memories you made. And I think being out of it helped us so much, as, as obviously, as you said, Jared. So, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'll just piggyback on top of that a little bit. Like, yeah, I definitely feel like from what I've heard, so if you're going to eliminate going to present, it's definitely going to take away some of the stress of it. Because Pros Nights, it's the best night of camp, but it can also be the most stressful night in camp for a lot of people because it's a competitive camp and people want to win. But going to that, how you guys just kind of bought into each other more than anything else was, to me, awe-inspiring. And that's the most emotional, like, that's the first time I've ever cried during another team's Alma. Like, that was, it was powerful, it was emotional, it was incredible. I think it perfectly encapsulated what was so special about Wyoming. Wait, what was that adverb you used? Encapsulated? No, before that? No idea. Perfectly. Aha! Uh, perfect. That's a perfect segue! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was incredible. It was incredible. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of it too. What what made it for me, you know, obviously, um, it was my favorite night in camp this summer and probably ever, probably my favorite night of of all time. Um, I think a lot of it was, you know, especially we had we had like uh, someone mess up during our skit and the reaction to the mess up just showed i was i was so like nervous for what was going to happen like like the second it happened i was like oh no like what what happened um and to see how much this kid still cared like and and was like so upset that he messed up even though we had no chance of winning i was like oh this kid really you know he doesn't care about winning he just cares about you know showing up for the squad and he's a good one uh He's a What's good, up, Steve? He's a good one. He's a good one. At all time. Yeah. At all time. Um, so I'll do the same thing, kind of what we uh, did with Danny, as far as breaking it down song by song on Prez Night. And kind of, obviously, I know the answer to all these questions, but kind of go through the rationale of picking each song and, like, what your overall thoughts on it were. So um, we, we'll start with the cheer, and we can obviously get back to the omelet, even though we just spent a good deal talking about it. So our cheer... Um, Oh God, I don't even remember the name of the song. Well, run away, you and I. Run away, you and I. Wow, that's embarrassing because I let it. Um, yeah, how did how did you find that song? Obviously, it was many years in the making. So, tell us about that a little bit. Um, I've known that song. I feel like that's a you know a somewhat known song that you, it's either gets played at a meeting place or you know you hear it. It's a popular song. I knew it was going to be one of my present night songs uh, in February. Mm-hmm. Um, I had listened to it and I had like an idea in my head for like kind of like a party on stage. And I thought that really fit the vibe. And I actually was lifeguarding at uh, the JCC in Newton, Massachusetts, when I wrote the chorus, the um, Cowboys Pass to Night, that part, that was written in February. Um, and I had that on lock and I was like, oh, I'm going to lead it. It's going to be sick. Um, and then as, as like the summer kept going, I had this idea that I was going to, you know, write a bunch of the songs for Pres Night and, and have a big hand in, in my team's Pres Night. And that the closer that I got to Pres Night, that just, that just wasn't the case. I found myself wanting to, to hand more and more things off and to have, you know, we just had so many people that wanted to be a part of it and so many people that cared that at the end I didn't even lead any of the songs and I was pumped that I wasn't leading any of the songs because the people that were were so excited to to have those opportunities um yeah so for for the cheer the cheer our cheer was sick like sorry we didn't have the entire Baltimore Ravens roster play beforehand oh. in a, a sword fight that was pre-choreographed from a from a play any other any other year that's a win any other year that's a cheer that probably if it doesn't win it's going to definitely compete for a win it just happened to be in loyalist cheer year yeah and then we also we went first and you know i really going in wasn't expecting expecting any you know wins all i wanted was was good performances so that when you know, I'm sitting here in November, I can go back and watch the YouTube video and be like, oh, yeah, we killed that. We killed that. Um, yeah, and I'm super happy I didn't lead the cheer, too, because I've been practicing it since February and um, still didn't really have the timing down. And then Holgate had the timing in about, I don't know, like an hour of, of, of leading it. And 
the dude just had oh he just had the rhythm he had the rhythm down and the best part of the entire cheer is it was the like five four three and there was another one too where you're leading it and in the instrumental there's this one part that's just like a loud like hey and you like had your hand out for it. you did like a little swipe to the side or like a like a fist bump yeah. Yeah, it was something i was like i remember watching the video i was like this dude was in the zone like, dude, dude, I want to see. I will say, oh yeah, seeing you. Go first. I want to see if you can see me on the video, because like, when you do the five, four, three, two, one, I just start dying laughing in my seat. Yo, come on, chief. <laughs> it, it was incredible. Like you did an amazing job. Like, like you really did an amazing job leading that song. I'm not trying to take away anything from you. That was just really funny to me. I was just it was totally. The only way for it to the timing was so ridiculous. It was. Hard. Oh my god, that like if I hadn't have done that five four three two one, like theoretically I could have done like just my hand. But I think because the timing was so hard, I needed to have like the audible thing. Like yeah. as simple as that. And, and it worked it worked. It worked well. It went that was the best we'd ever done it. I agree. On and the best that anyone had ever let it on Well, I will say going into that, I was like nervous as all nervous you could be. I remember walking back and forth on the stage like about 80 times. I walked all the way up to like the rafters, shut all the lights, like made sure everyone was out of the way for like the rest of Prez night. I was so nervous for it because I was like, oh my God, these kids aren't going to be in it. They're not going to care. And then we do the song. I'm like leading the beginning part, like the, um, oh God, I can't even remember the beginning first lyrics of it. It's like right from the start doing that part. Like I'm kind of like dance along, like, all right, guys, like here we go. Like, if anyone here watches SpongeBob, it was kind of similar to how like Squidward during the uh, Bubble Bowl was like three, two, one, and then when I hit the now on the biggest stage, that was the loudest I've ever heard like a cheer in my life. Now, granted, they were coming right at me, but it was crazy. And I, the video doesn't capture this, but I make like the biggest ooh, face possible because I was like so surprised by it. And when that happened, like I like subconsciously got more into it, like as you said. And by the time we had gotten to that point where I did the fist bump, like I never done that in rehearsal before. I was just like so pumped up and electric. I was like, let's freaking go. So we were, we were like, we were like, oh damn, we're doing this right now. Like we're it, it surprised yeah. me. Like I wasn't expecting it. Like, cause I think a lot of people saved their voices until Pres Night. And I didn't realize that they were gonna do that until the second chorus of the song or excuse me until the first chorus of the song so kudos to obviously all the cowboys they did a fantastic job and yeah i guess kudos to me for getting intense with it my, my second favorite part of the cheer beyond uh holgate's fist bump was holgate getting on stage and saying the last wyoming with the team very electric uh we also i was I, like honestly you know i came in fourth in college league and i i got everything that i wanted out of it like i got we, we sang the song in the mosh pit. I had been dreaming of singing the song in the mosh pit for so long and, and we hit that and, you know, the cheer was over and, and then my nerves were kind of gone at that point. I was like, okay, like, let's do this. I, I was, I think I'd say the exact same thing about that. Um, it, it was so much easier after that cheer because I also think there was this big cloud of doubt regarding us, like thinking, okay, yeah, these guys are out of it. They historically weren't good at writing press nights. They kind of assumed they kind of written us out and when we drop um that cheer first thing everyone sits back in their seat and goes oh wyoming came to play yeah and that set the tone for the rest of the night i don't think everyone else's present night is as good 
unless we did what we did there. You set the bar high. You set the bar that, high. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think, like, were you motivated at all by it, uh, Steen? Yeah, but I was, like, I'm, like, yeah, I was probably, like, motivated by it, but I was also, like... You're not the person that needs to be motivated by yeah, that. Yeah, like, it, 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 it's, like, I'm a top coach going against, like, a bunch of my friends, like, in second place, down 13 points with Zach Stern as my president, as, like, the president writer of this team. Like, like, do I need to be any more fired up? Like, we had a chance to win College League. Like, and even if we didn't, even though I was in your position, it's just, like, it's present night. How can you not be fired up? <laughs> I always, I'm, I might be the only one, but anytime, uh, my first reaction to a great Prez song is always, if it's if it's not mine or it's not my team's, anytime I hear a good president song, my first reaction is just, damn it. <laughs> yeah, oh. it was so good. Literally what um, I literally what I said after your cheer. Yeah. No, because I'm just like I, at that point, like I thought our cheer was just gonna be a complete lock, but after your cheer, I'm like, if we don't execute, even with all our cool gimmicks, if we don't execute, that's gonna beat it. Like I was deathly terrified I, like obviously once we kind of hit it i'm like yeah like this is gonna win but going on stage i was terrified during our cheer that like we just were gonna mess up on something you were gonna beat it <laughs> I, I definitely I, I it didn't seem like there were any mess ups i remember watching the video back and there was like one part where we like kind of came in early and that's yeah. like my only regret from that song and even though it's like just barely noticeable when you record it or excuse me when you play it back I'm assuming no one in the moment obviously heard it because yeah. it did end up getting uh, second place. So, did, did it get second or did it get third? Second. No, it it, it might have been tied for second. It was tied for second. It was tied for second with uh, Kentucky's. Uh, yeah, with Kentucky's. Yeah. Um, moving on to the fight song. Uh, Ever since I knew that I was going to do this this podcast, I'm, I've been really excited to tell the story of how Hudson Brown got to be leading the uh, fight song. So if you were on Wyoming, uh, you thought that Ethan Mannon was leading it up until our last practice in the theater. And <laughs> I remember exactly where this was. We finished our last practice. I'm running around. I'm trying to make sure everyone has shirts. I'm trying to, you know... I don't even think I had time to like shower. I think I just put my head in the sink or something like running around and I go outside the dining hall and Noah Berman walks up to me and he's like, Hey, by the way, like, uh, I think we need to, you know, think about maybe somebody else leading the fight. And I was like, Hey, Noah, like present night's in 30 minutes. Like, I don't know about that one. Um, he's like, I'll do it. Or like Hudson can do it. And I was like, okay. Like, let me think about it. <laughs> and I think I asked Ethan first. I think. I, th I think also what happened to, uh, before it was, I think that uh, the, the theater time we did it, I led the fight. And I remember like you came up to me, you're like, hey man, you want to lead it? And I remember going to you and I was like, dude, no. Like I got enough on my plate. What? <laughs> no, it was such a mess. Like we didn't know. I remember being like, I wanted Ethan to lead it so bad. I wanted Ethan to lead it so bad. Um, mostly because I took the fight from him on Navy. Uh, he was going to lead the fight. And then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, no, you're not. I'm, I'm going to lead the fight. <laughs> and then so on Wyoming, I was like, he's going to lead it. He's going to lead it. 
And dude, I can't, I can't be like talking down at Ethan so much, but you know, he wasn't really good at leading. It's it. like the biggest passion of the podcast is just like crapping on Ethan. So you're good. Because I, I love Ethan, man, and more than life itself. Oh, we do. We, we do too, which is the only reason we can and, like and give him this much crap. And one thing I do want to say really quickly for the listeners, leading a Pres Night song is not easy. So no, for everyone all. who goes very up there hard. and thinks, yeah, it's very hard. For everyone who goes up there and thinks they could do a better job, you yeah. I'd promise you, unless you're like have a musical background, you probably will not be able yeah. to. I mean, I yeah. think if you look at like all the leaders across all songs, most, if not all of them, had some kind of musical background with yeah. them. And then there's really good college league people who like kind of just won't lead a song because they know they can't. Like Levin, had, Adam Levin, Adam Levin, all time college league person, never once led a song. I have never and will never lead a song because I have no musical ability. Like, yeah. I've led. I remember, like I just said, I was like, "Oh, I took, I took the fight from Ethan Mann, and well, that led, fight came in fourth place." We've well, led four. Uh, you've led four. What'd you say? You've led four songs, though, right? Yeah, I led. The led four songs. Georgetown fight, uh, which came in third. I led the underrated fight song, though. Clemson cheer, which also came in third. Uh, <laughs> the Navy fight, which came in fourth, and the Navy Alma, which came in fourth. So. As you can see, I'm really one to talk about uh, who can lead a song or not. I, I was not a successful song leader, and, and um, but Ethan, Ethan wouldn't have been either. We we had established that from from our practices, and uh, <laughs> sorry, Ethan. But uh, but back to back to Hudson. Oh, yeah. back to that. Well, no, I want to like because because it actually the whole the whole process was started by Noah Berman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted all summer, I wanted it to be my CIT's team. And I wanted I wanted them to have a lot of say in stuff. And so when Noah Berman told me that he w- was uncomfortable with, with, with uh, what we currently had. And so I listened to him and I was like, okay. Uh, and we agreed, me and him, that, that, that Hudson should do it. And so Hudson Brown learned he was leading the fight probably 30 minutes before Pres Night and then spent that time listening to it and you know i won't i won't say that our our fight was not good but it was a lot better on press night than it ever was when we practiced it Mm. so shout out hudson brown for that one the fight was weird the wyoming fight was a was weird yeah (laughs) it's crazy who who picked that song hmm I I lay up at night staring at my ceiling thinking like how did I come to that conclusion? That, that was you? I remember I think I was like the only one and I just pulled like I pulled like the dictator card. I was like this is the fight song. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it I was like we're going to go down on one knee. It's going to be sick. Um didn't pan out to my vision. But um, I will say um, I was pleasantly surprised with the fight. I was expecting much worse because the actual song, it's Rachel Platten. I think it's Rachel. Is it Rachel Platten? Rachel Platten. Yeah. And she sings like very like acoustically. Like it feels like more of an alma. But when you listen to the acoustic or not the acoustic, the um, the instrumental version of the song, it's got some like DJ like disco, like the wow, wow, wow kind of stuff going on. So like hmm? the drums go hard in the, in the instrumental. Um, it was it was a tough song and i will say that our whole pres night would it, it's it's tough practicing prez 
um, knowing because a lot of a lot of your prez practices on the day of prez when you have that whole day, mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to um, motivate a team to drill songs and practice them when you cannot win when you are out of it it's it's really hard to to try to get i remember our waterfront practice we just went in pool one electric we were so like we were we were like i at this point like i'd rather we have fun on this last day than than uh yeah and we practiced we practiced the alma and the lake and it was so not good we were like dude we're it's not good <laughs> like oh no yeah i think uh you, us and i think kentucky they both like had that like common thought like oh god we are nothing compared to georgia and loyola obviously proved them wrong but that that going into that it was it was stressful it was, it was stressful as all hell well it was tough because i remember talking to like the cits or somebody and we were down i think like a hundred and 107 107 so we needed a 10 point game on the last day and i remember like i was like don't worry boys like i'm gonna go talk to waldo we're gonna get this game we're gonna sweep pres night it's gonna be crazy and i remember walking into waldo's house and i was like so can we get a game he's like no no game and i was like oh okay <laughs> sick <laughs> so then um yeah and then after that we had the rec hall practice which started with me going in and telling the entire team that we were not going to have an extra game. We weren't going to be in it, um, which is one of my favorite moments from the entire summer because I got really emotional. And then we sang the Alma and we had, you know, Presnight level emotion in the rec hall practicing, you know, six hours before Presnight and that's when I kind of was like, oh, you know what? Like, regardless if we win or not, like, we have something special here. Like, we, you know, it seems it seems as though people care, yeah. which, as the dean, is the only thing you could ever want is, is people on your team to care. Yeah, I think my biggest regret um, from the summer was not being there for that speech in the rec hall because, it, like, I'm just like your dean's speech at the end, I'm sure it was exactly what the kids needed to hear and exactly like the best thing for the team at the moment you know what i mean it's tough dude it's tough as like because because you wait so long like i'm, I'm looking at like the lowest sophomores i'm like oh dude i was like your age planning on being a dean and now i'm here and it's prayers night and we can't no matter what like we can't win and i think a big thing for you know, like if you're looking to become a dean, being being vulnerable with your team is so important to show that, you know, you are the dean, but you're just as human as, as everyone else. And like, I was super bummed that we weren't in it. And, you know, I wasn't going to act like I wanted I wanted everyone to be, you know, still excited for Pres night, but I also didn't want to, you know, act like we weren't upset. Like, of course, of course, you're going to be upset when you're not in it. And I think that was a huge uh moment for our team kind of just a, a rant yeah oh, that's true uh, right? oh that's awesome dude but, yeah. that's exactly what like needs to be said yeah and say like i can't really speak to everybody in camp i can speak to one particular age group and really one bunk in that age group 
what I can say is the people in Wyoming and my bunk in the low intermediate age group and across what I saw in lower camp had an unreal, it was unreal how strong the emotional talent attachments they had with each other, like how emotionally attached they were to the team, the strength of the personal connections that they felt that they had with each other, and more than that, you two and Ethan, like, it was special. Wyoming, the scoreboard doesn't define team success in my mind, like, and I think Wyoming proves that better. Like, Wyoming is a better team solely on the strength of the connections that the kids have than 99% of teams that win college league. Like, I was talking about this a couple days, like, the Wyoming legacy isn't going to be fully realized in my mind for five years, for 10 years, when you have those low winners who you guys change their camp trajectory, becoming the leaders of camp and looking back on their teams. Because we all have, we all have that team that's like, this made us love camp. Like, we all have that team. Different Murray for everybody. State as well. Yeah. Murray State for you, Texas 2015 for me. Like, everybody has that team. Miami of Ohio 2014. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you're going to have these kids who are going to look back in 10 years, who are going to look back in even 15 years, who are going to look back maybe even sooner, like five years when they're older campers, when they become counselors, and they're going to look at Wyoming as this team that, like, made them love camp, made them love college league. And, like, I think you're going to have this long stretch of just Wyoming Dean after Wyoming Dean after Wyoming Dean who's going to point back to Wyoming's like, this is where my love affair for camp started. (laughs) I hope so. That would be (laughs) sick. And hopefully – we they can do better um in the the final placement like my my favorite you know it's tough because i was so excited to go up against you know danny hankins stern but uh you know going up against those guys it also means that i'm going up against danny hankins stern in college (laughs) league you know like all-time great camp people like i never i knew right from the start that this was going to be a challenge like if i was if I was coming in third, that meant that I was coming ahead of, you know, an all-time camp great in college league. You know what I mean? So I, I wasn't – I was definitely uh, a little upset um, for maybe a couple hours uh, when I found out we weren't in it. And then we won the Alma, and then I didn't really care anymore. Because we have the best plaque, too. So it doesn't it's, – it's, it's – cool it doesn't matter where it is in the four we have the best plaque so yeah that's true that's true. And that's actually that's actually not even opinion that's um that's fact yep i can't confirm so the wyoming skit was uh definitely pretty interesting um my favorite story about the wyoming skit and i'll, I'll keep it brief was um sitting in the war room one night and we needed one more scene and uh matt holgate it's just like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the the poker scene, the Ian Meta poker scene, and I don't know if it was all, like fully my idea, but I was like, yo, let's do poker. That might have been your funny. That was hilarious. Are you and no, you and Brooks? Yeah, me and Brooks had the original day. Like, yo, let's do poker. You and Brooks and I remember. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was not high on the idea. I did not think it was gonna be. Um, that good and they walked out of the room and i was like yeah all right so we should probably start writing a scene right because whatever that one is is not is not going to cut it and then it was the best scene in our entire skit like not even close (laughs) so here's what i will say about the poker scene me and alex brooks go downstairs to the rec hall is they have the kentucky blue leds on and we start writing stuff 
And the first things we write are like some of the most unfunny things that like have come out of my brain. Cause at that point it's like 1am, 2am and we're just like, we need a scene. So we have the idea and we're just like, you know what, screw this. We're going to finish it in the morning. Have it like, have it like that. The next day we wake up to Toby Fishman and some other CIT. I don't know exactly who it is. So I'm sorry if I've forgotten that. And they've written an entirely new poker scene that is just like so much better. And they base it on this philosophy. The philosophy is that you cannot write a scene until you know what you're making fun of. So they had the punchline before they had the bits in between. We were trying to write it, the bits in between then punchline. So big shout out to Toby Fishman for facilitating the real parts of that joke. Um, I, yes, I can't take credit for the idea, but the nits and, nits and gritty of it, all Toby. Wait, also just shout out Toby Fishman. Like, I can't believe we got an entire Wyoming episode without bringing up Toby. Like. Coming back, we saving the best absolute beast, like incredible, like, <laughs> like. There's no words. I mean, like, no disrespect to myself, to to Ethan or Matt, but uh, the Wyoming president, if if for a metaphor, it was like a puppet, and, and Toby Fishman's hand was the one controlling. Like the dude had the the slideshow, like. There was so much stuff on Wyoming that does not happen without Toby Fishman. There was a day when nobody could print lineups. The printers weren't working. Nobody could print their lineups, except Toby Fishman could somehow. I had no idea how. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could. So this is the Wyoming episode. Next episode should be the Toby Fishman episode because I could talk about how awesome Toby is all day. Yeah, so we've talked about the cheer. We've talked about the fight, uh, talked about the skid. Um, Yalma speaks for itself. Absolute banger. Shout out Noah Katzman and his big smiling face while our entire team was bawling their eyes out. Never I'm seen not... Dude was laughing at us. Laughing at our tears while leading the Yalma. I remember one of my favorite things about that whole Katzman situation was everyone like was asking us, who's leading your Yalma? Who's leading your Yalma? And we go, Katzman? Like, who? What? Why? Why is, why is he doing it? And then we were just like, dude, he's awesome. He wrote most of it and like obviously he's like one of the best dudes in camp so he absolutely deserved it it was so funny he led the alma and then georgia did their their all hail catsman scene in the skit and it was like i was like yeah that's true (laughs) it's true oh god but i knew (laughs) everybody knew that i mean everybody i kind of knew that was coming like like i loved that scene i thought that was hilarious because it was that that pres night scene i was like dude they nailed it they like, nailed that. Arguing, Jared in the background, <laughs> Noah being like, guys, let's stop. Yeah. Uh, Noah Katzman, a real friend of the show. Um, he'll definitely be on an episode at some point, so you guys can get prepared for that. But yeah, Wyoming Lama was obviously legendary. I think one of my favorite parts to segue back to the skits real quick were the war room scenes. I thought our scene for Loyola was so top notch, but I think it flew over so many people's heads. So- I might be wrong. I, mean, I thought it was great. Also, having Dre Shat play me, like, I think it's just, like, such a low-key touch, but the fact that, like, the guy who played me's older brother was, like, in our bunk, mm. it's just, like, and it's also, it's, like, I love Dre Shap, like, like, Dre Shap is the perfect me. That scene was hilarious. Like, yeah. the fact that it was you and Ethan, you kind of knew exactly how to make the right joke about me. I thought it was a great scene. I thought it was a great scene. Exactly. I thought our skit went really, really well. Um... Especially because I really didn't have uh, much of a hand in it whatsoever. 
I've never been a skit guy. And uh, honestly, if I learned one thing from this summer and being a dean is that it is trust the people around you and they will do great things for you. Exactly. That's, that's my number one, number one takeaway. Exactly. And, and that's a great segue. Um, do you want to give any last minute shout outs before we wrap up this episode to uh, any of your guys, any Cowboys, any of your Buckmates? Go on, go on ahead. Yeah, I want to, I'll go through the list. I didn't write it down, but I'm going to remember it all. I want to shout out the other three deans, Danny Hankenstern, my boys, obviously. Um, I want to shout out my cabin. Uh, recent birthdays, happy belated birthday to Jared Rubina and Kobe Salinger. Some recent birthdays, so happy birthday, guys. Um, and then a shout out to the Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, I still I still think about it, every single one of you all the time. Uh, I hope everyone's having an, an awesome year, and I, I can't wait to see you guys uh, next summer for either a full summer or a visit. Who knows? We'll see. And then uh, I also want to use this time to thank Matt and, and Steen for an awesome podcast that that keeps everybody in the loop during the off season. I think it's so important. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to take two hours out of your, your week to, to do something like this. And you guys sacrifice that time to, you know, give people their, their camp fill. And, uh, I really appreciate it. I know everyone else does. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you Jared. Our that pleasure. Really, 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 really it means awesome. a lot. It means a lot. So thank you. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, Steen, and as always, stay marvelous, Manitou. Peace. <laughs>